You're listening to the Inquisitive Rent Podcast, the show that brings you philosophical ponderings of your life from a bird's eye view. Now, here's your host, Shah. Welcome to another episode of the Inquisitive Rent Podcast. I'm Shah, your host. In my work as a psychologist, counselor, uh, hypnotherapist, energy healer, all of those things, one of the most sought-after therapies is one that treats panic or anxiety disorder. Now, they're very different, but today I'm going to be talking about panic and anxiety disorder. Follow us now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite app so that you don't miss an episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at The Inquisitive Rin and visit theinquisitiverin.com for more info about the show. This is a show where we interview usually a lot of different people in different aspects of work, of family, friendships, all those things. But today, I would like to focus on a topic that many people suffer from, and that is a topic of panic disorder, panic attacks specifically. So you may ask, well, how am I qualified to discuss this topic? Well, As a therapist, a lot of my work is dealing with fear, fear in different areas of people's lives. And fear can be debilitating. So one form of fear expression is to panic. So I want to delve into the issue of panic attacks because they can appear very different than an anxiety attack or a feeling of anxiety. Have you ever felt so frightened that you felt you would pass out, but you didn't? Have you ever felt so scared that you thought you might throw up, but you didn't? Have you ever felt so fearful that you thought you couldn't walk, but you did? Have you ever felt so panicked that you thought you would die, but you didn't? Chances are you were having a panic attack, if you felt any of those. So the good news is that no one has ever died from a panic attack. The bad news is that when you're experiencing one, you don't really care about my previous statement. Panic is a very severe form of anxiety, and anxiety is the underlying foundation for panic. So I would say try to imagine a sandwich. The bread below, the bottom bread that you're going to put everything on, is usually the fear. It's the fear. Now, that fear will be connected to many different things. In the middle will be some anxiety. So there'll be anxiety reducing or increasing the fear. And then the top layer would be your panic. Now, some people never get past the middle, but for many people, they do. It turns into an actual full-blown panic attack. If you've ever felt any of what I spoke about before, the chances are that you felt debilitated, that you couldn't do anything, you couldn't move, but somehow you did. You never died. You you, You just got past it. You didn't die, you just got past it. The ICD-10 diagnosis F41.0 
talks about episodic paroxysmal anxiety, which just means uh, the signs and symptoms develop suddenly, where you will experience recurrent or unexpected attacks and persistent concern about having additional attacks. And that's the basis of a panic attack. You're always fearing that it will happen or when will it happen. Let's see what the symptoms can be as well, because that can help. Some people are just a little bit worried, but they may think they're having a panic attack. So this will depend on circumstances. So any of these can apply. Palpitations, sweating, feeling in a daze, coughing or choking, intense overall fear, intense fear of dying, chest pains, dizziness, faintness or unsteadiness, unsteady on your feet, shaking or trembling, chills or hot flashes, numbness or tingling, or a loss of breath. The overall fear is that something terrible, something drastic or detrimental is going to happen at any given second. Although panic attacks are usually experienced quite suddenly, they can sometimes have a very gradual escalation up to five minutes or more. Or at its peak and at its worst, 10 to 20 minutes. So what is actually happening to the body while the mind runs through fear? The body's coping mechanisms in terms of stress is the fight or flight response, which most people are aware of. This is the body's inbuilt normal go-to when it thinks it's being threatened or is under attack. This normal inbuilt strategy is triggered at times when you're not actually in danger at all. But the mind has perceived that you are in danger for some reason. And this is when it becomes confusing for the mind and the body. The body may not know how to react. The term panic disorder is often used for this reason. The mind and body are disordered in a way, in their way of assimilating their environment, in assessing their environment, and having misconstrued the perceived threat. In other words, they fear something that is not actually there. And if they occur often, then it's treated as a disorder. Because of this condition, your everyday life and how you live can be disrupted. If you have a panic attack before you go to work, for instance, depending on its severity, you may never get out the front door. This could lead to many other challenges such as loss of work or even agoraphobia, the fear of going outdoors or being outdoors, or the fear of a panic attack. It's important to note that agoraphobia is not a part of a panic attack. You could attempt to avoid leaving home for very long periods of time. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, contact me at inquire at theinquisitiverin.com. That's E-N-Q-U-I-R-E at theinquisitiverin.com. Be sure to check our Facebook page for new and upcoming episodes and topics being discussed. We're particularly interested in experts in the field of the topics being discussed 
However, if you'd just like to come on and have a chat, let me know. I'd love to hear from you. Let's get you on the podcast. See you soon. Some of you may have asked yourself, are you the only one? So anxiety disorders account for approximately 30% of mental health disorders or mental health problems in the UK. It is more common in women than in men, and it usually starts in early or late teens. So how are panic attacks treated? There are many different treatments Treatments for anxiety, in other words, they're varied as well, and they include medication and therapy. Cognitive behavioral therapy, CBT, has been shown to be very effective in its treatment, and it often focuses on the thoughts behind your fear, which directly dictates how you behave, your response to that fear. Applied relaxation can be helpful. Guided visualizations can be practiced several times a day to help you become used to relaxing your body and your mind. Your body may need to shift its normal way of being. If you walk around with pent-up fear or pent-up tension, then your body will have to get used to a new way of being. Mindfulness is very helpful with this in particular, because it helps to retrain the mind to be in control of your thoughts, which in turn can help to relax your body. We know that the less fearful we are, the less anxious we are, and the less pent-up stress you have within your body and your mind. If you see your GP regarding panic attacks or panic disorder, Your GP may prescribe anti-anxiety medications, such as SSRIs, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. They help to increase the level of serotonin, the feel-good factor in your brain. Some can be taken long-term, but as with all medications, they should always be monitored with regular checkups with your GP. Any medications prescribed should have medication reviews on a regular basis. Doses can sometimes be changed, increased, or decreased. Sedatives are another alternative, and this can be discussed in detail with your GP. In some cases, they are very helpful. You can discuss side effects and other factors with your GP as well. Your anxiety started for a reason. It's not always necessary to discover the reason, and you may already know how and why it began. Challenging your thoughts with support and guidance from a professional, coupled with relaxation, can also be a very effective treatment. So what is helpful? What specifically can be helpful? As mentioned before, relaxation, mindfulness, and cognitive behavioral therapy. But also, exercise can be helpful, staying active, and participating in hobbies that you enjoy. 
Hobbies such as painting, writing, crafting can be extremely helpful to reduce anxiety and panic. A very helpful therapy is hypnotherapy. And I do believe that many people are aware how effective hypnotherapy can be to treat anxiety disorders. I am a trained hypnotherapist and I've always used hypnotherapy to treat my clients with panic disorder. This has been proven to be extremely helpful in all ranges of panic, even with panic attacks themselves. Within that particular session, we do often go back to your earliest memories of panic. Sometimes it's discovered that a particular traumatic incident occurred in your life. It doesn't always have to be at a young age. People often have trauma in adulthood, and that can incite panic attacks. And so it is then determined whether you are suffering from perhaps post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD. And if so, if another form of therapy may be more helpful, such as EMDR, eye movement desensitization reprogramming, which uses eye movements and other forms of rhythmic left-to-right bilateral stimulation, tones and taps, and this stimulates a reduction in, of the emotion of the memory that causes the panic. Very, very effective, very, very helpful. And many people are finding it extremely helpful. It is very interesting. When I first trained in my hypnotherapy, I think the year, the year after EMDR became very well known, but it was only offered as a training to doctors in hospitals. It then became more available as a training in therapy. So my hypnotherapy course actually taught EMDR, which was extremely helpful. I used to have a particular machine, somebody made it for me, that had lights that went from left to right. And I used it in my early hypnotherapy practice. Very, very effective and extremely useful. But EMDR has progressed since the 90s when I trained. Taps and tones can be helpful now. And there is specialist equipment available to help with this process. It is helpful as well to know that EMDR is now being offered as a therapy on the NHS. So what is unhelpful? What is unhelpful, sometimes it's a little bit obvious, things like caffeine, smoking, unhealthy eating, alcohol, drugs, staying up without sleep, focusing on the problem, watching disturbing movies that can cause you panic, and also ignoring the problem. None of this is very helpful. So some people do learn to live with what we call free-floating anxiety. They make a plan and they stick to it. 
You can do the same. Support is widely available online as well through various networks and support groups. Be active in your decision to become anxiety-free and you may notice that before you're fully aware, you're no longer anxious. I'll give you an example of a case that I had whereby someone would have panic attacks when they were driving or even being driven up a ramp. Now, this did not include bridges or anything like that. This was specific to a particular type of ramp. We had a couple of sessions where we worked through different scenarios. And on the third session, when the client returned, during our initial catch-up briefing, the client was telling me how their week had been and that they had actually had friends in town and they had taken them shopping and they went to a particular mall, which I knew had a, a ramp as such. And they went on and I noticed that they hadn't mentioned panic or panic attacks or anything of the like. And so my client was saying that uh, when they were driving, they went this place and that place. And I said, oh, that particular place? Uh, don't they have a ramp? And my client smiled and it was very apparent that it just dawned on them. And they said, oh, yes, uh, we did. We did. I drove up the ramp and and I was fine. And so what was very starkly apparent there was that they had overcome uh, their panic. But what was even more clear and more uh, striking was that their panic had taken a back seat. It was no longer leading their life. It was no longer at the forefront. They were able to tell me about their week and a few uh, outings they had without leading with the panic. And in fact, I was the one who had to prompt them about the panic. So we had one other session, so it was four in all. We had one other session just to test it out and also they had some homework to do and they were able to stop their panic attacks uh, within four hypnotherapy sessions. And this has pretty much been the norm when I've treated people with panic attacks. Now, there are occasions and exceptions, though, where there are underlying issues and incidents that may have established a panic in a person in a particular way that needs a little bit more help or a little bit more care or perhaps even an additional therapy and like EMDR. And sometimes people are signposted to have psychotherapy. They may even take it up with me or I may signpost them to someone else who I know specializes in uh, either anxiety disorders or panic disorders. So that brings me on to how a therapist can help. Never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button right now. Thank you for your support. You make this podcast possible. Now, back to the show. 
And therapists have varying trainings and they've got different qualifications. Some therapists have no hypnotherapy training and some of them do. Some therapists do not have any training in dealing with anxiety disorders. So it is important that when you are looking for a therapist, if you if you choose to have counseling or therapy, that you choose someone who's qualified to deal specifically with panic disorder and anxiety. However, keep in mind, panic is the extreme version of anxiety. You can check all of the professional websites, you know, like the BACP. Check the qualifications of the therapist. That is extremely important. There are other things that you can do, such as uh, incorporating a daily practice of mindfulness into your life at a time before you start your day, even before you get out of bed. And positive affirmations have been proven to help some of my clients as well. Whatever you do, it's important to be active in your decision to be anxiety or panic-free. It can be hard to think when you're panicking, but try this. Number one, don't fight it. Just let it happen. Notice it's there, but don't fight it. Two, try to control your breathing. So I know it will be a chore, but when you're starting to panic, breathe in as much air as you can and breathe out. Set yourself a bit of a task. Try to breathe in as much as you can and then breathe out. And three, tell yourself you're not going to die. No one has ever died from a panic attack. Yes, people have had underlying conditions, again, cardiovascular disease, but it wasn't from the panic itself. If you can do just those three things, you can start to regain some control over your panic. And finally, there are support groups out there that may be able to help. There are many on the internet. I will put a link to a few of them below. I will say this about support groups. Be aware that they should be a temporary solution, temporary support. Otherwise, your unconscious mind may see it as a license to continue panicking. I have also noticed that some people start to enjoy the camaraderie of a support group and therefore they actually start to idealize their panic and they keep their panic as another part of them, something they can talk about. It's another aspect of them. Seeing yourself without your panic will be very powerful. So you can also start to visualize yourself not having any attacks. Try to see yourself panic-free, panic attack-free. Whether it turns into an actual attack or whether you have 10 seconds of panic, try and see yourself free from it all. And try and keep that image in your mind. 
See it when you wake up, see it when you go to sleep, and throughout the day. I hope that has helped. If you have any questions, please do not hesitate to let me know. Send me an email. All the details are below. I would love to hear from you and to hear your thoughts. Have you suffered in the past from panic attacks? Are you suffering now? How do you see your panic attacks? They can look different on everyone. If you've come through panic attacks, how have you done it? What did you employ? What did you find helpful? And what did you not find so helpful? Let me know. I would love to hear from you all. Once again, thank you so much for joining me for another episode of the Inquisitive Wren podcast. And I hope to see you again very soon.